Hey, gotta set, the, gotta, gotta set the vibe today. We're gonna do a little, uh, what's today? It's Monday. We're doing a podcast. I normally don't pod on Monday, but I gotta talk a little football. Hey man, look here. It's it's Monday. It's Monday. It's Monday. It's Monday Fun Day, and I want to talk a little football. But before we do that, hey, 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 it's the big baby, and I'm back. Oh, we don't want to have crickets because that means ain't nobody listening. But we. And I'm back, and I'm here to talk a little bit of football, man, because I like football. I love football. And I do the Big Baby and Friends podcast on Thursday. Love the great conversation that I have with Parlay Pete. We'll be recording on Wednesday this week. But sometimes I want to get on here and I want to talk football all by myself. And that's what we're going to do today. Let's open it up with, man, conclusions matter. Conclusions matter so much, right? Think about when you were in school, your teacher would tell you, Hey, make sure you have a good, strong opening paragraph, right? And you have a great conclusion. Because a lot of times we get we forget what's in the meat of the par- uh, of the paper. We just remember what 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 open what we open up with, right? We we remember that opening because that's what hooks us in, and then we remember that conclusion because that's how we leave. Think about it. At the end of a movie, you if if the movie is okay, but the ending is great, you go, that's a great movie. Whereas the meat of the movie could be absolutely amazing, but then the conclusion is, man, you go like, oh, I ain't really like that movie. <laughs> could have done a little bit this here, there. Could have done this a little bit better. I didn't like it. Books, just like I talked about with papers. If that book ends real nice, you go, you know what, man? Oh, that was a good book, man. I really like how that book ended. Think of a relationship, whether it's a professional relationship, whether it's a personal relationship. Oftentimes, we think about the most recent moment in that relationship and how that's how we define the relationship. If you leave a job and you you leave on good terms, you go, you know what? I really enjoyed my time there. Meanwhile, you hated the four of those five years you were there. Just that last six months was amazing. And then you're just like, oh, man, great time. I've seen it. I've done it. And you think about you think about the end of a season, right, of a sports season. You look at your team. How did they end the season? If you look at the Packers, you go, oh, man, they had a terrible season, a disappointing season. They won 13 freaking games. It was still a good season. Or, or you look at a team like the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, lose, they, they win their last game. You go, oh, man, that's optimism moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, your season sucked. You lost your head coach. You were terrible. But again, conclusions matter. And this week, unlike no other week, I think that is so evident in the football that we watch. Today is Overreaction Monday, and I I might join the overreactors and overreact. Because we, we, we say this was the best, the greatest weekend of football ever. And I watched those games. I was like, ah, maybe. Maybe there was. I mean, they were all close games. I mean, each game ended in a in a walk-off situation. So maybe because it ended with the walk-off, we we overvalue what the game was like. You know what I mean? Hey, now walk it out. 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 Now walk it out
Because every game ended up with the walk-off, you know. Now, I'm not about to sit here and walk it out so my legs can be sore and I can be tired as hell. No, I'm not going to do that. But the point about it was all the games ended in walk-offs. We had four games in in walk-off field goals or walk-off touchdown. And we look at it and we go, this was a great game. And I go, well, did you watch the first, second, and third quarters? Some of these games, it was, mm. but a great ending nonetheless. So conclusions matter. So understand that when you're living life, when you're talking to people, when you're interacting with people, when you're conducting business, oftentimes the way it ends is the way that people are going to remember it. And I think that's what happened this week in football. We remember the ending more than we remember the meat. We remember the beginning and the end and all the stuff that happened in the middle. Let's man, because the ending was amazing. So let's talk about the greatest game ever on the greatest weekend of football ever. Excuse me, the greatest football weekend ever. Uh, who, who who wrote this? Who wrote this? I loved it, baby! I, I loved it, baby! I wrote it, but anyways. So, we got the Bills, we got the Bills um, Chiefs game. Absolutely amazing football game at the end. The beginning was meh, was meh. And then all of a sudden, we had us a barn burner at the end, an absolute barn burner of a football game. And that's, and that's all we can ask for. All we can ask is for a great flipping game, you know. And I saw this funny joke uh, of Stefan Diggs standing on – it was a picture, a meme of Stefan Diggs watching the end of the game, right, talking about some he watched this moment last year to come back to put up seven yards. But obviously, we all know it's bigger than one player. Receivers don't win games. They just take part in it. But let's just look at the ending of this game. In the fourth quarter, with a minute 54 left, Buffalo is up 29 to 26. Then with 102 left, KC goes up 33 to 29. Then uh, with 13 seconds left, we have 36-33. It ends 36-36. And then the overtime is 42-36. and 36. Not 42-236, Kansas City. Now, I'm not going to talk about um, I'm not going to talk about how we did on, on the picks. We'll, Parlay Pete will cover that on Thursday's show, or excuse me, Wednesday's show. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. But I, here's the first thing we need to do. We need to shut up. And we, I'm including me. Yes, we are balling big baby, but sometimes we just need to shut up because we talk too much, and the things that we're saying are just absolutely wrong. Uh, we tried to come out and bury the Chiefs at the beginning of the year. There's a reason why you play 17 games. There's a reason why, you know, you, you build and you build and you shouldn't be judged on who you are week one, week five, week six, week seven, because that might be a different person week 19, week 20. And the Kansas City Chiefs are a prime example of that, because guess what? They came out early and they struggled. Uh, little things here and there. They didn't take the easy stuff. They 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 tried to take the top off of defenses when it wasn't there. Um, teams went too high safety on them, and we're like, oh, my God, what happened to Kansas City? What happened to Patrick Mahomes? He's not the best quarterback in the league anymore. What did who, Aaron Rodgers? Uh, da, 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 da. Justin Herbert, who didn't make the playoffs up. Josh Allen, the guy we just beat. Tom Brady at 45 years old. It's 44 years old, whatever. It's better than him. No, oh, is it Russell Wilson? No, I don't know. And lo and behold, 
we're going into the AFC Championship, and guess who is the favorite to win the Super Bowl? Patrick flipping Mahomes. You know why? Because it's a long season, and just because you're not great today does not mean you're not great. Maybe he was working through some things. Maybe they were trying to, uh, uh, they were doing some trial and error with the offense to figure out what direction they wanted to go long term because there is new personnel there. You know, they don't have Sammy Watkins anymore. They did add uh, Jarek McKinnon later in the season. They did have a Clyde Edwards Hilaire who they're trying to utilize. The defense was not doing what they had done in previous years. You know, there's a lot of things that, that's at work here, you know, and maybe they, they just got healthy. And they became the best team in the league. Maybe that's what happened. And we should take that into consideration more. Instead of having these overreactions, oh, let's react. I got to be first. I got to be right. Maybe we should just sit back and say, you know what? I don't like what I see right now, but let's be patient. And I became anti-Chiefs because I heard Nick Wright just. But he was right. And like I said last week with Parlay Pete, don't overthink the room. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. So if something is right, you got to accept it. But man, oh, man, we've got to shut up sometimes because I, I, I think about even with me with Josh Allen. I said Josh Allen turned into Josh Allen because Josh Allen has been wildly inconsistent throughout the year. He had his great games. Then he had his terrible games. And guess what the heck he had this week? He had a great freaking game <laughs> on the biggest stage, probably going to get the biggest rating of any game all, all, all playoffs after Dallas and the 49ers set a freaking record, a recent record or whatever, uh, 41 million, I believe. He's going to come. This game is probably going to have a bigger rating. Why? Because we had the two, two of the best quarterbacks in the league, probably the two best playoff quarterbacks going at it. And fucking good doing it, especially down the stretch when it really mattered, man, it, you got to love it. But I'll tell you what, man, Josh Allen, I said, Josh Allen will turn into, turn into Josh Allen, but guess what? Josh Allen really did turn into Josh Allen. He turned into a quarterback who gets better and better year in and year out. He is improving on what he does well and what he does poorly each and every year. And the more and more Dayball is calling plays for him, he's getting a better feel for who Josh Allen is, and that's showing on the field. Like I told some friends last night, he's good Cam Newton, but I wake up this morning and I say, you know what? He's not good Cam Newton. He's accurate Cam Newton. Because, yes, Cam Newton was good. He just wasn't accurate. Josh Allen came into the league not accurate, but we didn't think he'd be the runner that he is. And I'm not saying he's faster than Cam Newton, but he has every bit of that same hose. He has every bit of that same body type. And he's making multiple playoff runs. Yeah, I got it. He's getting he's getting put out in the divisional round, but you got to contextualize that. You know, people talk about quarterback wins all the time, and quarterback wins are important. But who did the quarterback lose to, and how did they lose? I can't just take a quarterback's record, especially a playoff record, and go, "Oh man, his playoff record is this, this, and this." Well, I mean, sure, but who did he lose to, and how did he lose? Because there are some games that Aaron Rodgers has won in his career that are way less respectable than some games that he's lost in his playoff career. But we'll get to Aaron Rodgers a little bit later. So 
can you really not Josh Allen for them losing this game? I can't. And if you do, let's not talk football anymore. You know what I mean? Let here's what I need you to do. I need you to stop watching the sport. Go watch a, a, a peewee football. Go watch a Pop Warner. And you talk about that to people who don't care. Because you can't talk about the NFL if you want to talk about quarterback wins and quarterback losses in a game like that when both quarterbacks, hey, man, they did it. They did what their teams needed for them to win. But the problem is coaching. Sometimes coaching matters, believe it or not. Sometimes defense matters. Sometimes fronts matter. Sometimes special teams matter in this game. Sometimes game management, play calling, and clock management matters in games. You'd be shocked. A lot of times we want to just dummy it down to quarterback play, but no, 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 no. It's deeper than that. But we'll get into that a little bit later. And the thing is, let's talk about the last 13 seconds. Chiefs go up. Not the Chiefs, excuse me. The Bills go up. 36-33 with 13 seconds left, and you're kicking off to the Chiefs. The fear is that they're going to kick the ball to Tyreek Hill. I don't care if Tyreek Hill's back there, Usain Bolt's back there, Dante Hall's back there. You know what I mean? Name the kick return. I don't care who's back there. you got to put that ball in play because you've got to burn some time. Understand that they had 13 seconds left, which is the same amount of time that Dak Prescott took to run that quarterback draw. 13 seconds is a long time, but it's also not that much, if you understand what I'm saying. I know I said contradicting statements, <laughs> but if you understand football, you understand where I'm coming from. If The more and more you bleed that clock, it's not a lot of time. It's two plays tops. But two play, kickoff, a kickoff, then two plays. But if you don't run off any time with the kick and you got Patrick Mahomes back there and you got Tyreek Hill, you got Travis Kelsey, then you know what? It's a lot of time, and obviously, it was enough. You know, and what happened? The Bills allowed, for one, they they, they didn't squib it, and I didn't double-check this, but from the information I got, I think I got this from the Greenlight Podcast from um, Chris, Chris Long, excuse me. Sorry, Chris Long, a huge fan. Sorry, I forgot your name. But anyways, off Chris Long's podcast, he 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 discussed that um, Tyreek wasn't back there. I'm pretty sure I got that from his podcast. Tyreek wasn't even back there. But even if he is, you squib kick it, man. You have to squib kick it. You have to run some time off. They kick it out of the end zone. It's there on the 25-yard line. Again, are the odds good? No, they're not good. But shit, you, <laughs> you got to play to win the game. Like Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game. And what happens? You see, you see the Bills defense, uh, McDermott. Leslie Frazier, McDermott, you're the head coach now. Leslie, you're the DC. But both of y'all have been head coaches. Both of y'all have been DC. So I expect y'all to make the best decision for your team to win in this situation. Why? Because you've done it all season. You've done it together. And that's your freaking job. <laughs> and apparently they're guarding the sidelines. And it's like, hey, man, they have three timeouts. Play normal defense. Play to win the game. Play to make stops and keep them out of field goal range. But that's not what happens. Uh, uh, Travis Kelsey kills them. You know, the drive before when they uh, went up, 
Tyreek Hill kills them. You know, understand what I'm saying? So I, I, I just find it crazy. I find it unacceptable that the Bills allow the Chiefs' best players to beat them. You can't allow Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill to beat you down the stretch. It's one thing if Patrick Mahomes does it to Jarek McKinnon, uh, to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, to that backup tight end who received the snap, which is Andy Reid. Golly, don't outthink the room. We get it. You can craft up plays, but sometimes – do what works. Give the ball to the people who should get the ball because they're the best. Let them beat you. But you cannot let Travis Kelsey, you cannot let Tyreek Hill uh, beat you. You can't do that. And if that's your game plan, your game plan is wrong. Now, can I tell you a better game plan? No. Sure can't. But I can tell you what, that the game plan that you did wasn't good enough. By letting those guys in the biggest moments be open to be able to make plays. No, they can't, can't do it. And then we get to overtime, and everybody has an issue with overtime. Let me tell you something, guys. Overtime is okay. NFL overtime is just fine. You know, it, the, the idea that we need to change it to make it more like college football, no, we don't. I don't want to see another 72-74 football game. This isn't basketball, man. I I don't need to see every team get a chance. Oh, man, we got to make it fair. For one, life's not fair. The game is fair in the sense that everybody has the same salary cap. Everybody gets the same opportunity to lead off a half with the football. Every team has the opportunity to go score on every drive, just like every team has the opportunity to make a stop on every single drive for 60 minutes. This isn't peewee football. This isn't Pop Warner. This isn't middle school. This isn't high school. This isn't flag. This isn't college. This isn't the USFL or the, 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 the XFL. This is the National Football League. This is the best football in the world. This is one of the best ran organizations in the world. This is the most popular TV show in the history of TV. And you, and you want to talk to me about, they got to make overtime fair. You mean to tell me the game is decided by a coin flip? The game ain't decided by a coin flip. The game is decided by what you did from from kickoff to that to that to that horn goes off at 60 minutes. And if you didn't do enough in those 60 minutes to win the game, I don't have much compassion for you. So if you lose the coin flip, go make a stop. Go make a stop and go get a and go get a score and then you win the game. Force a field goal then you got a chance to go win the game. But when you let Travis Kelsey give you a walk-off, you let Travis Kelsey just walk it out on you like he's Usher? I can't trust you neither. If you're going to let Travis Kelsey do you like that, come on, man. Let's listen to three sex real quick. Pleasure. Even Jesus had 12 disciples on the level, trigger, whatever. So if you're going to let Travis Kelsey just walk it out all on you, then I mean, why should I defend your ability to win? Josh Allen made it great. 
He said, hey, man, if we would have if we would have gotten a ball first, we score, we win, we would be celebrating. So I can't complain about the rule. Keenan, Keenan Allen talked about, hey, he supports the rule. Uh, I saw Saquon Barkley, who hasn't played a significant NFL game in his entire career. I don't even know if he played a college game that really mattered, if we're being honest. You know what I'm saying? And he's talking about, so the game falls on a coin flip? No, Saquon. You're in New York. Y'all suck. Go back up there and worry about trying to get to the playoffs, okay? Try to worry about getting to an overtime game, winning, or some of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like you're talking from a place of like it's going to be cruel. Saquon, let's get healthy through a full season. You know what I mean? Let's 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 focus on that. I understand that we can be frustrated by the overtime because it's not fair. But guess what? We're over. It's overtime. We're over this game, even when it's good. We're over it. We're over the time that's allowed for us to play. So we want to be, we want to get it over with as soon as possible. And we want the best team to win the game. And guess what? If I go down and score on you on this one drive, I don't care how gassed your defense is because people talk about gas defenses, right? They talked about in the Atlanta Super Bowl. Oh, the Falcons defense was gassed. Well, I mean, the Patriots offense was on the field that same amount of plays. So. They wouldn't gas either. You know what I'm saying? They wouldn't gas too. Like, that's the thing, bro. It, it, it's football. It's 22 people on the field at all times, unless you're the Packers on that last field goal. And, and there's only 21 players. But but you got to understand that, man. Look, look here, man. It, it's going to happen. Stuff is going to happen. And that if you, don't, if you don't do what it takes for you to win in at 60, then you're leaving it up to chance. And I like that. Now, I will say the only thing that I'm open to, and that's in the playoffs, and I'm still not even sure if I'm open to it. I think it's me just siding with what I think the, the, the next answer might be, and you let's make it fair as people, is that we each team gets one possession, and then after that, if it's still a tie, then we can go sudden death after that. I'll be okay with that, but I'm not pushing for that. I just think OT is okay. Like, it's overtime. Let's get over this time, and let's get up out of here, man. Anyways, I've spent way too much time here. This is supposed to be a 30-minute podcast with 20 minutes in. I don't know if we're halfway done, but let's go. Rams versus Tampa Bay. This may be my last time. This may be my last time. This may be my last time. It may be my last time. I don't know. It may be the last time I throw a pass to Gronk. It may be the last time. I don't know. It may be the last time I huddle up with Gronk. It may be the last time. I don't know. This may be the last time. Hold up, baby. Hold up, baby. This may be Tom's last time playing football. Bill Simmons talked about it before the week started. He he kept it going into his Thursday podcast with Peter Schrager, and then right before the game, you hear that that Tom Brady is is, is thinking is. is thinking about retiring. 
you go, oh, maybe Tom's thinking about retiring. And then the statement comes out. He's talking about, you know, playing football. and He wants to play for a winner, wants to play for a Super Bowl team. And he said in an interview, apparently, that uh, this was not a, a team that was going to do that. It didn't get much traction because it's freaking Tom Brady. And uh, maybe they're like, oh, it's psychological warfare. No, I think that Tom understands what wins and what doesn't. I think that he left New England because he understood the way that they were running the organization the people that they had on it, they were no longer a Super Bowl contender. So he got up out of there. And that's why he went to Tampa Bay. I truly believe that. And now he looks at this team that's in cap hell, uh, has a bunch of free agents. People are going to be going out the door. There's going to be a lot more money thrown at these guys just to get them out of that door. You, you just don't know what's going to happen. They ran it back last year and you can get people to buy in and run it back one more year when you win a Super Bowl, but when you come up short in the divisional round, it may be his last time. It may be Tom's last time. It may, it may, it may be Tom's last time. Because look at a dominant athlete like Tom Brady. We haven't seen Tom be mediocre. And when we saw his play falling off in New England, he left. And he surrounded himself by players who he could truly trust. And, you know, they lost a game. They lost 30 to, 20, 30 to 27. They should have lost by more, but that's a conversation for later on today. And people said, hey, man, don't bet against Tom. I was like, I'm a Falcons fan. Do you think I'd ever bet against Tom Brady? Absolutely not. But see, I didn't bet against Tom Brady. I bet against Tom's offensive line. I bet on the Rams' front seven. Really, their front four. I didn't bet against Tom Brady. I bet against the Buccaneers' secondary. And then I turned and I bet on Sean McVay and the Rams' receiving core because I go bad secondary, great play caller, quarterback with a all-world arm and a a triple crown receiver and Odell Beckham. <laughs> I'm like, that's who we going with, baby. I'm sorry. I wasn't, it, it, Tom had nothing to do with it. It was everything around Tom that made me go the way that I went in this game. And, you know, luckily we picked it right. But if we're being honest, man, the Rams turnovers almost gave, Tom Brady, the Falcons like comeback. It wasn't that Tom played so well because Tom was getting his ass kicked all game, you know, lip bloody crying. <laughs> this may be my last time. You're gonna let Barkley kick my yes, yeah, you know, but the problem was what it would all boiled down to was the Rams were a better team, they were more healthy, and they played better football. And unfortunately. This may be the last we see of Tom Brady. And all of y'all want to see Tom Brady go out on top. Personally, I I don't care where he goes out because he's to go. He's won seven rings. He ruined my birds uh, last chance at the Super Bowl. So, I, I mean, I'm a hater. So, it is what it is. But if it's over with for Tom Brady, man, it's over with for him. I didn't really realize this song like started like this. Ah! 
Daddy know I had range, did you? Bye bye. Big baby got range. Big baby say bye bye. I'm doing this tonight, cause we're gonna start a fight. Yeah. This can't be right. Yay, baby. Bye bye bye, Brady. I hope you retire. But we're gonna change into this because we're gonna talk about the Bye, bye, bye. Because, see, the bye, bye, bye wasn't as strong as we thought it would be because both teams who received byes in the playoffs, they went bye-bye. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. The Packers and the Titans. Bye, bye, bye. What, are they, what are they at right now? Bye, 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 bye. I'm having a little bit of fun with this. So, anyways, yeah. So let's get into this here. Uh, this 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 here uh, Aaron Rodgers this this 49ers pack uh, Packers game right. That bad man Aaron Rodgers lost to a bad man James Garoppolo. I mean he's just bad. He's a man who is just bad, James Garoppolo. And let me tell you what I can't call him Jimmy G. I can't even call him Jimmy Garoppolo because when you're that bad, you don't deserve a nickname. Like we got A-Rod. Stroke like A-Rod. We got TB12. We got I can't think of another player with a great nickname. You know what I mean? But (laughs) Jimmy G, he don't get that name. I'm sorry, bro. Your name is James Garoppolo. You go by your government. You understand? Because Jimmy G, you were terrible. You were terrible that entire game, but your team won the game for you. But we want to talk about that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. That bad man has been pretty bad in the playoffs. He's 7-9 in the playoffs since winning his Super Bowl. Now, I think it's disgusting when people try to totally put on, he's 7-9 since losing, since winning his Super Bowl. I still think he's like 12-10, and 11-10 overall. So, like, hey, positive record and he's won a Super Bowl so let's leave it there okay but I think he is the he is the he is like the anti-Peyton Manning he's like the opposite of Peyton Manning right you you know we waited for Peyton to win that Super Bowl and he finally won it in 06 right we were so happy because Peyton finally won it because he was the best regular season quarterback of his era but Brady was doing it in the playoffs now the crazy thing is Aaron Rodgers coming in the league much later than Peyton Manning but Aaron Rodgers doesn't win his Super Bowl Aaron Rodgers won his Super Bowl early, but he's still dominated by Brady being the best playoff quarterback of his generation because Brady went and got, what, four of them things since we've cared about Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean? Since Aaron Rodgers has been in the league, yeah, four of them things. So, so I mean, Brady, he, he's a problem solver. But the difference between, between Rodgers and Manning is I talked about how conclusions matter, right? And I, but before that, I told you like, hey, your opening paragraph matters. Your open your, your opening statement matters. See, the opening statement to Aaron Rodgers' career was blowing was was killing it. Then getting a Super Bowl very early, 2010 2011 season. First season as a starter was, I believe, 2008. So he got his Super Bowl early. So we go, oh my God, Aaron's gonna kill it for the rest of his career. And uh, he's killed it in a regular season. 
he's been analytics, you know what I mean? He's been analytics. He's been over the course of the season. He makes the best decisions. He's going to win you a bunch of games. But guess what? He's not been. He's not been clutch in the playoffs when it matters. Last year, we see the play where he could have ran, but he but he threw the ball, and, and they didn't score. Then he gets mad at Matt LaFleur for, for kicking it deep, you know what I mean? Not going for it on fourth down, kick, uh, uh, going for, th- going for uh, three. Yeah, I got you, Aaron. That sounds good, but maybe you stick your head down and you make a play. Uh, you take a risk and you make a play to try to score and win the game. You you understand what I'm saying? And, and, and just like Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning put up a great freaking season down the stretch. They just couldn't beat Belichick early, early on. But we remember Peyton as a guy for so long. We remembered him as a guy who get, who couldn't get it done early in the playoffs because he was running into the juggernaut that was the Patriots. And their team maybe wasn't totally built to win in the playoffs. Because it took him a while to win. Whereas we remember Aaron Rodgers totally differently. Totally differently because he won it so early. So we just expect that he goes into these games and wins. But history is telling us he's 7-9 and nine since winning the Super Bowl in the playoffs. So he's not winning these games. He's losing games that he's supposed to win. He's losing games in Lambeau. Don't get me wrong. Some of these games I can't put on him. But at the end of the day, you know, Aaron if you want to be in that category, you got to win these games. And like this game, this particular game here, he's 20 for 29. He has about 225 yards to less than 230. You know what I mean? And guess what? No tubs. And I'm not going to put the whole game on his back, but Aaron, you missed some throws that you can't miss. You can't miss Devontae Adams when he has Josh Norman on him. You can't miss that throw. But a credit to D'Amico Ryans and that 49ers front seven, that front four, getting after it, putting pressure on him all day, mixing up the coverages, mixing up the, 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 the blitzes, mixing up the pressure to make Aaron Rodgers take that extra second to think. And the thing about Aaron is you, if you know, you know that if you make him think, you got him where you want him because he's just not naturally reacting. And then, you know, play is going to be a little bit slower. He's going to miss this guy or he's going to hold off too long. You know what I mean? And you get your sack or you get your throw away because as great as his, as his arm is and as many tight windows as he'll fit the ball into, he doesn't take crazy chances because he doesn't throw picks. And maybe to his own default, he doesn't throw picks because we love it over the span of a regular season that he doesn't throw picks. But maybe we need you to make, throw some more interceptable balls because maybe your receiver makes a play. Now, I've heard this whole narrative of, oh, he threw it to Devontae too much. He should have relied on his other receivers. Here's what we can't do. We can't knock Aaron for not throwing the ball to the receivers that he doesn't trust and then praise and then give Tom a pass for doing the same thing. Going to, oh, Tom's going to just either dump it off to Leonard. He's going to hit Gronk and Mike Evans, but he doesn't trust those other receivers. We saw that from Tom the entire game, and, you know, that's how it played out, which is one of the reasons why. I, I couldn't pick him, you know, but when Aaron does it, we can't knock him for it because Tom has seven Super Bowls and we liked uh, Tom more than we like Aaron because we don't know how Tom feels about the vaccine, but we're pretty sure he took it. He took it and he didn't deceive us and telling us that he didn't, that he took it, but didn't take it. You know what I mean? But that's the world that we live in. So I, I just want to be like, Hey man, look, Aaron, maybe you should do more to build up your relationship with these receivers. Maybe you should have been at OTAs with these guys to get those reps in 
Or maybe Green Bay, when Aaron complained about personnel and you decided to draft Jordan Love when uh, Justin Jefferson was still um, out there, you maybe should, you should have just drafted J.J. and it would have been Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams. Maybe when Odell Beckham became available, uh, instead of him getting $750,000 in Bitcoin that he only going to make $35,000 off of, you know, teaching salary, maybe you offer him one point. Five million or two million in in cold hard Skrilla, and now you got Odell Beckham up there because we thought Odell Beckham was bad, but really Odell Beckham just needed a quarterback that he could trust, a quarterback that he could rely on, and he's paid dividends for the Rams. I bet those same dividends would have cashed in the same way in Green Bay, and Odell would have had more money, less taxes, and he would have been in the same place he is right now, an NFC championship with a chance to win a Super Bowl. And as much as we want to kill Aaron for not playing as well as he should have, guess what? He did play well enough. Aaron did what he needed to do to keep his team in the 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 the, the winner circle. He had him he had him winning, and once they got that lead and they saw how Jimmy G was playing, I can understand why Matt Lafleur gets a little bit more conservative. He gets a little bit more conservative because he goes, I mean, look, man, we're up. Jimmy G's terrible. He's awful. I mean, he's terrible. I mean, I, I know John Lynch is going to have him in the office uh, uh, when the season is over. And You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You know what I mean? Because he's terrible. But nonetheless, it, it they had the, the right-ish game plan-ish to do that. But guess what? Their special teams were terrible. Worst special teams in the league, and they were the worst special teams in the, in the divisional round of the playoffs. Why? Because they're not good. They're a bad special teams unit, and we're going to fire the special teams coordinator at the end of the year, and we're going to blame the season on him in a way to try to appease Aaron Rodgers to want to come back, right? Because he's not going to resign. Uh, he's not going to resign with you, and um, you don't want to bring him back for one year as a free agent. It's, uh, I mean, as a free agent on an expiring contract. And you don't have uh, Devontae Adams signed up to a long-term deal either because you can franchise him once. I don't think y'all want to franchise Devontae Adams twice and then have Aaron and Devontae walk out the door with absolutely no compensation. I don't think you want that. But what do I know? I'm just a big baby. And so Aaron doesn't play special teams. So as much as we want to kill Aaron for missing throws and not being as aggressive as he could be, uh, being nonchalant, standoffish, I think Aaron gets killed more so because the media doesn't like him, because he doesn't he doesn't you know suck up to the media. He's not who who you know he he gives real answers. He goes and talks to McAfee. He does the stuff that they say quarterbacks aren't supposed to do. He's honest. He's an asshole in public. You know, not just in private. He's like, hey, I'm good. And you know what? I'm a really smart human being. And I, I outthink a lot of you people. So I don't take you guys as seriously because y'all just, you know, go with what you're given. And y'all don't actually question things and do your re- and do research to try to understand things, right? Like all the memes that came out about Aaron Rodgers and his, uh, he doesn't understand science. Oh, he's immune to the end zone. All that stuff. Yeah, that's That's cheap. But all that is is people just trying to emphasize what they believe, uh, you know, validate their beliefs without saying, hey, maybe the mainstream way of thinking is not the only way of thinking. I'm not even going to say it's right or wrong. It's just not the only way of thinking. But 
let me get back to where I was going with this. Uh, Aaron doesn't play special teams. When you have a blocked uh, field goal, you have a blocked punt that goes for a touchdown, and you lose the game. And then on the final play of the game where they're kicking a walk-off field goal and uh, you only have 10 people on the field, what the hell is Aaron supposed to do with that? What is Aaron supposed to do with that? As much as I want to knock Aaron for not giving me three touchdowns, four touchdowns, guess what, man? It's freaking Green Bay and it's zero degrees outside at kickoff and it's only getting colder and it starts snowing. And maybe Green Bay needs to needs to rethink how they built their team. Maybe, you know, what LaFleur wants to do is, is pound the ball, be a big, strong team, and not as flashy and finesse. Maybe that's what they need to do. Maybe they need to let Aaron Rodgers go. Then to let Jordan Love take the reins, be a game manager, a Jimmy Garoppolo type, and he can run the true Kyle Shanahan offense because guess what? It's apparent that that Kyle Shanahan offense uh, with a little bit of competency at quarterback may work better in freaking Green Bay than a Green Bay flashy offense does. Because when it's zero degrees, nobody wants to catch the ball. When it's zero degrees, nobody wants to throw the ball. When it's zero degrees, nobody wants to get hit. But guess what? It's easier to take a handoff and get downhill and run that ball when it's zero degrees than it is to go across the middle, than it is to keep running those routes. So maybe Green Bay needs to look and say, guess what? We've had two of the biggest, strongest, armest quarterbacks to ever play in this league. Multiple MVP, multiple MVPs. Aaron Rodgers should be picking up his fourth MVP this season. And it's a travesty that the Packers have so many MVPs between Favre and Rodgers in so few Super Bowls. It's an actual freaking travesty. And maybe they need to look look themselves in the face, freaking Gudikins, and the rest of that front office and say, are we building a team that can win in Green Bay? Because they won their last Super Bowl on the road. The wild card team, 10 and 6, if my memory serves me correctly, when they made that run. If we're going to be this, 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 this past happy team, this, this aired out team, this great quarterback led team, maybe we don't need to play on the, at home in the Super Bowl. We need to go on the road. Not to Santa Clara because we got our ass kicked there too. I don't know, but I think the Packers need to take a long, hard look at how they're building their team and make sure they're building the right team. And even though this team is good, I look at it like I look at some of those Rockets teams. I look at it like I look at some of those Suns teams. You know, it's like, oh, man, yeah, you're really good here, but are you truly a champion? I'm not seeing it. But here's the thing, man. Here's the thing, though. Jimmy G is headed to another NFC championship. And Jimmy G has the opportunity to go down to SoFi Stadium and beat the L.A. Rams, which the, the 49ers are 6-0 in their last six games versus the Rams. They came back from seven from 17-0 in weeks 18 to get in the playoffs against the Rams in SoFi Stadium. And what happens if they win this game? What happens if Jimmy G leads the freaking 49ers to a Super Bowl? What happens if Jimmy G leads the 49ers to a Super Bowl championship? I think it's a lot harder for John Lynch and, and, and Kyle Shanahan to walk into the office and say, You're fired. You're fired. Because I feel like Jimmy G going to have some words for them too. You know what I mean? I'm a cop and you will respect my authority. 
And, and Jimmy G might want to stay in San Fran, and they might have to let him stay for the stay and play for the Santa Clara 49ers. The San Jose 49ers. <laughs> you know, so I, I think it's gonna be interesting because what if Jimmy G gets back to the Super Bowl? What if he gets his 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 rematch with Patrick Mahomes? And it's the rematch, Debo voice. And he wins it. What does that front office do? Do they elevate Trey Lance? Do they go after Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady again? Do they, or do they run it back with Jimmy G? Even if they win the Super Bowl, even if they win the Super Bowl, you can't run it back with Jimmy G. He might get hurt. He's not good. And guess what? The 49ers tried to run it back. That's the, excuse me. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers tried to run it back. Remember, the Cavs tried to run it back. And it didn't work. But let's get to my guy. Let's get to my guy, Joe Flippin' Burrow. You know, for so long, we talked about Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Flippin' Rodgers. Aaron freaking Rodgers. Discount double check. Nah, bro. That's Joe. That big dog out here. That's... We two years away. We're two years removed from being one of the worst teams in the NFL. We are one of the worst ran franchises in the NFL. We are one of the cheapest franchises in the NFL. Uh, I had to transfer just to show who I was. I was a late bloomer. Y'all didn't believe who I was, who I was. I am who I is. He ain't riding. He ain't riding. He ain't bumping. He ain't bumping. He ain't saying nothing. Home. He ain't fresh as I'm is. That's who Joe. That's who Joe Burrow is. Joe flipping Burrow. He out here saying, y'all ain't as fresh as I'm is. He told y'all last week that this ain't icing on the cake, but this is what we do here. He came back this week and said, hey, man, I'm tired of this underdog narrative. No, we're a good team. I'm Joe Flipping Burrow. And what does he do? He gets his ass kicked all game, nine sacks, NFL record for a victory. He took nine sacks, and he still threw for almost 350 yards, and he won the game. Why? Because he's made of that stuff. He's Joe Flippin' Burrow. He's built for tough. You understand me? He's a culture changer. The same flair and 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 confidence he brought to you, uh, LSU. He brought that same stuff to Cincinnati. And they were spicy last year. He shatters his leg. It doesn't matter. He comes back. They say he throws the ball with more velocity. He sits in the pocket. Again, he almost leads the league in sacks. He gets sacked over 50 times. He gets sacked really 11 times in a game. But because of uh, penalties, it was only nine. He gets, his, he gets his freaking ass kicked, and he comes back. And he's still staring down the gun barrel. He's a sucker for pain because he loves that shit because he understands what happens with pain, right? Where, where, where there's pain, there's growth. You know, if you go to the gym, you want to lift weights and get big and get strong. You know what I mean? Like you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to go through some soreness. Like unlike Aaron Rodgers, because I, I, I miss this when Aaron Rodgers is the baddie that you get home. You know what I mean? You get her home and then she's whacked. She's want to like lay on her back because she thinks you're pretty and that's all that you care about. And once some lights go off, everybody looks the same. Yeah, yeah. I love you, baby! And Joe Burrow is more like the... She's straight. 
Oh, but when you get in a sack, baby. You understand? Like, totally different. Now, and I'm not talking about these two people, uh, how they actually are, because I could care less what they do. But I'm, I'm comparing them to the type of woman that they could, because on the outside, Aaron Rodgers, you can flick it, make any throw you want. Oh, yeah, pretty. Uh, back throw. Back, back, uh, back foot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 seven yards, like it's nothing. You know what I mean? He can run a little bit. Joe Burrow, you don't understand it, but it's there. It's there. And I absolutely love it, man. Uh, Zach Taylor. Joe Burrow's going to get Zach Taylor paid because Joe Burrow just got Zach Taylor to a AFC championship. I do believe that Joe Burrow will get Zach Taylor to an AFC uh, AFC title. He will win an AFC title and can possibly win a Super Bowl in the next few years because they have a lot of cap space and they can go spend some money on the things that they need to fix this summer. And guess what? They draft well. It looks like the franchise is coming together. But what Zach Taylor did this past weekend was coaching malpractice. The fact that you allowed your quarterback to get sacked seven, uh, excuse me, nine times, uh, really 11 times, if we're being honest. Um, no holding penalties called. Hey, O-line, just hold one time, please. Do something. You're getting your ass kicked. Uh, j- the, hey, man, max protect. Short passes, screens, do something, change your play calling up to make sure that you can save your quarterback. I mean, we talk about Lamar Jackson going to get killed because he runs the ball so much. If Joe Burrow keeps taking these hits, I mean, granted, he's not made of the same stuff as David Carr was because David Carr was 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 made of sheetrock, and, and it appears that, that, that Burrow's made of titanium. And I'm not talking about their bodies. I'm talking about their minds because eventually Carr lost his confidence because he kept getting hit. And Joe Burrow get hit, and he'd go like, that's all you got, baby? <laughs> Y'all boys soft. <laughs> I do this. <laughs> I eat these punches because they're fun. You know what I mean? So I'm curious to see what happens in Cincinnati because I, I – I don't believe in Zach Taylor. And people are questioning Vrabel's play calling. I I mean, allowance of play calling because we know he doesn't call plays. He doesn't have Arthur Smith anymore. Um, We can question it, but here's what I'm not going to do. Mike Vrabel coached his ass off all year. He got the one seed. He earned the one seed. Um, Undermanned, injury riddled, and Ryan Tannehill's his quarterback. Let's be real here. I'm just going to trust Mike Vrabel. Even if he did make some mistakes, and I think he did make some, I'm going to trust his overall approach to the game. And um, don't be shocked if the Titans are looking for a new quarterback next year. But last thing before we, before we get out of here, I want to hit this one thing about winning football. So I keep hearing this narrative about offensive football wins. You got to have an offensive head coach. You got to have a good play caller. You got to have creative plays. You got to have an Andy Reid, a Sean McVay, a Kyle Shanahan, a Brian Dayball calling your plays, you know. And then we look at the remaining coaches, and it speaks to that. I mean, West Coast offense is winning right now. We got Andy Reid, West Coast offense guy. We got Kyle Shanahan, West Coast offense guy. We got two of his protégés, Sean McVay, West Coast offense guy, and Zach Taylor, who coached under McVay, West Coast offense guy. Again, all of these guys come 
excuse me, from the um, Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh offense. And then specifically three of them come from the Shanahan variant of that West Coast offense. But what I'll tell you is games are still won in the trenches. Why did the 49ers beat the Packers? Because they beat them in the trenches. They beat their offensive line up. Why did, excuse me, why did the, 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 the Titans even have a chance against the Bengals? Because they beat Joe Burrow up, and Joe Burrow is just built different. Why did the Rams beat Tom Brady? Yeah, Tom Brady came back because of bad turnovers. But if you watch that game closely, Brady was getting his ass kicked all game. Uh, the, 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 my, my, my boys was getting home. Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, uh, uh, Aaron Donald were making plays. Von Miller had a, a, a strip sack fumble, baby, and a recovery. Yes, sir. Yeah, 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 yes, sir. Like, those games were one of the trenches. But guess what else won these games? Play calling. Coaching. All three phases of these games determine the game. These The media people love to talk about these creative offensive play callers. They love not even play callers, these creative offensive play designers. Oh, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore can design the hell out of a play, but he, he can't call a game. He can't manage a team. He can't even manage his side of the ball. You understand what I'm saying? And you see LaFleur. Oh, we love LaFleur until we don't. And guess what LaFleur did? He got conservative. He got scared. Guess what McVay, who won, did? He got conservative. He got scared. Guess what Bruce Arians did? He trusted his defensive coordinators entirely too much to make a decision without going in there and saying, hey, I'm the head coach of this team. This team is going to live and die on my decisions, and here's how I want you to stop them. Stop them. We got timeouts. We can take them. We can set the defense the way that we want to set it. He didn't do that. McDermott, special teams, didn't let him kick the ball, didn't, didn't kick the ball in the play. Then protected the sidelines and didn't say, hey, Leslie Frazier, double Tyreek Hill, double Travis Kelsey and make them beat us with people who we barely even know from the scouting report. No. LaFleur, he couldn't go and say, hey, special teams coordinator, week seven, you suck, you're fired, and replace him with somebody who can enhance their special teams because their special teams with a minus, a minus, worst special teams unit in the league. And two special, team, special teams plays change the game. Block, punt, touchdown, block, field goal. Either one of those plays go the way you want them. If you get the field goal off, their their game-winning field goal ties the game, doesn't win the game. You get that punt off, it doesn't even matter. You win the game because that's the only touchdown that that team scored. So all three phases of football matter. As much as we want to love and glorify offense, man, no. It's, it, it's, it is a three. It is a 
three-part game. You have to play offense. You have to play defense. You have to play special teams. And for all these coaches you love, all these brand-new guys, all these creative, innovative play callers that you just want to fall in love with, you need to make sure that they hire good coordinators. They understand game management. They understand personnel management. They understand winning in the trenches. They understand complementary football. They understand using analytics, but also understanding that the game has its ebbs and its flows, and there's momentum, and there's and there's matchups that you win and that you lose, and manage their play calling and their scheme based off of what's happening at the game. You can draw up the best first 15, but guess what? When that game flips off, flips, and you got to draw up your last five, or you got 13 seconds left to win a game, you better have an Andy Reid calling the plays. You don't want Kellen Moore. You understand what I'm saying? So when we do this, we've got to remember, yeah, the offensive flair is, is a thing. It works. Having the best quarterback usually sets you up to win a game. Uh, I guess 49ers. You know what I mean? I guess Green Bay Packers. You know, <laughs> are we going to say Matt Stafford is a better quarterback today than Tom Brady? Uh, I'm not sure. In both of those games, the teams that won had the better interior play. They played the best three-part game, and that's how you win football. Cool plays get touchdowns, but complimentary football, timely play calling, calling a game and not just calling plays. Play calling, not just play designing. That's what wins football games. And that's why the final four teams remaining remain because their coaches utilize their players and those coordinators better than the teams who got sent home.